Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Hey, welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson. Watch this, Eric, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. That's ah. Yeah, and uh, tonight we're looking at the why influence podcast with the host look at you switch it on the fly i know and we're gonna be checking that out i i interrupted jeremy's name (laughs) but no jeremy is here and of course we have the podcast talent coach himself eric k johnson and i'm really happy that there are no typos in there that was the thing i just thought of on me go that would be embarrassing (laughs) but if you're new yeah if you're new to the show this is where we bring somebody on jeremy's here today and we kind of go over your your podcast we look at your audio we look at your website and we say, this is what you did good. And this thing over here, hmm, you might want to tweak that just a bit. So, Jeremy, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. What inspired you to start the podcast? Well, I'm someone who is the opposite of sharing online type person. I never posted on Facebook. I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't share online. So uh, when I started my podcast, which is about two months ago now, my last Facebook post was from about four months prior and it had one comment on there saying, dang, this guy's still on Facebook. So like I literally went cold Turkey from nothing to starting a podcast. And, you know, I, I had to build up confidence over a long time to do that. It took me, I don't know how much of the backstory you want, but uh, my, when I first met my wife at the time, girlfriend, she gave me a check to join Toastmasters uh, to try to get better at speaking and articulating because I didn't talk a lot. And it took me four years to cash that check. And then it took me another year and a half to two years of doing Toastmasters to build up the confidence to start sharing online. So uh, it's just not something that I'm comfortable with. And so I'm just pushing myself out there. And I figured I might as well interview influencers and ask them why they're doing it to try to extract some of their motivation and and share that because that's something I've always struggled with myself. Had you two been talking about Toastmasters? What inspired her to give you that check? Well, she's a, a public speaker and keynoter herself. So she speaks a lot at conferences and stuff. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've built businesses. Like my, my business's social following has about 200,000 followers. And I built that from scratch, but I'm from very behind the scenes. So I, my face isn't in anything. And I just never shared myself. And I think that, I don't know, like uh, she got mixed feedback from her friends. Like, dang, you, you gave him a check to Toastmasters. Like, what's that saying about him, you know? <laughs> or, you know, other people are like, oh, okay, he must be into self-development. That's cool. So, you know, you just get mixed feedback on that. Gotcha. So you knew the technical side, but you didn't want to be out and be the face sharing everything about your life. Yeah, right. Okay. And this, this podcast here kind of pushed you into that, into that spotlight and forced you to do it. Yeah. And I, I sort of, through doing Toastmasters and getting more comfortable with sharing and that kind of thing and communicating, I also was going to a couple of mastermind groups where I would go and talk with other entrepreneurs and I started getting confidence in the fact that, you know, I'm helping these people. I'm giving them leaps and mindsets in short conversations to help them in their business. So there's a lot of value that I have that I'm not sharing with the world. And I didn't speak in front of groups or post online. I literally would only interact with you in person. I didn't really call people or even text that much. So 
it's just, I feel like there's a lot of people like me out there. And so I want to try to inspire other people like me who aren't sharing that maybe have a lot of wisdom or knowledge about certain topics to start sharing, to have more impact. Fantastic. Can you think of one of your early Toastmaster presentations where you almost wet your pants? Were any, um, did you have any that you're just like, that you just didn't think you could do it? Yeah. I mean, I would go up there and I definitely would have my notes as backup and, you know, reference them, you know, and fall into them if, if necessary. Uh, I was definitely super nervous. I mean, even just recently I gave my first real public talk at a podcast movement. I did the ignite five minute talk there. And mm-hmm. when I got off stage, like my hands are shaking and stuff. Like I never spoke in front of three or 400 people before. Like I've only spoken in front of my Toastmaster group, which is wow. you know, 10 or 10 or maybe 20 on a big day. And it's a group that I get familiar with over, over time. So I'm just pushing myself to, to do that, but it's very uncomfortable a lot of times. Well, since you've kind of talked about the why here, you're starting with the why, how are I always ask people, how are you going to know when the podcast is a success? Cause sometimes like I was talking to a guy, we just got back from podcast movement and he said, I started a show because I wanted to spend more time talking with my cousin. And he was talking about trying to grow his numbers and he was kind of disheartened with his numbers. And I said, well, let's back up a second. I said, you said you wanted to start a podcast because you wanted to spend more time with your cousin. I said, are you doing that? And he said, yes. And I go, your show is a success then because it's doing <laughs> what you want. So so what are you hoping at the end? What's the the end result? What are you hoping for with your your podcast? How are you going to know if it's successful or not? For me, it's, I'm pretty impact driven. So I think for me, it's going to be if I start hearing from people that they're getting value out of the podcast, like even tonight, I just got back from going to a mastermind group that I go to and a couple of people there mentioned that they listened to it. And one guy said like, I, I liked it. And then he like took a moment. He's like, but it wasn't until like a week later that I even liked it more when I had more time to sit on it. And, you know, just hearing the people that I would never you know, have a long conversation with or interact with very much of a scale are listening to the podcast is, is pretty cool. So to me, if I'm impacting people to start sharing more, that's success to me. And I've even had small successes already. My sister-in-law told me that if Jeremy can do it, anyone can do it. And now she's posting some (laughs) Instagram pictures and Facebook pictures online for some workout stuff she's doing. But like even a podcast movement, I couldn't have gone on stage and done what I did there if it wasn't for my podcast. And after I gave my talk there, the next day I ran into a girl or a lady came to me and said that she saw me speak. And as a result of me speaking, she feels inspired to challenge herself to speak at Ignite next year. And she said, if I didn't speak, she would have never made that challenge to herself. So, you know, that kind of impact is a success to me. So, you know, I don't have goal of making a bunch of money from it. It's just more success. I, I make money from, you know, my business. All right. Well, this is the opening of the show. Let me hit play. It's just about getting out there, filming and reviewing or talking about whatever moves you, whatever your passion is. And I think what you need to do is, is you need to just be yourself. People are going to either like you or they're not going to like you. What you got to do is if you just be yourself, there are going to be people that are going to gravitate to you. 
What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeremy Siegel, and you're listening to the Why Influence podcast, where we interview influencers about their why and their motivations for influencing. Today, our guest is Joe Rady from Rady's Rides. He's got a YouTube channel in an automotive niche. He's grown his YouTube channel in 1.5 years from zero to 86,000 subscribers and over 22 million views in a year and a half. That's huge. Anyway, without giving any more spoilers, let's just listen to the intro music and jump right into the interview. Welcome to the Why Influence Podcast, where we deep dive into the why behind some of the world's most influential people. Why do you influence? Why are you an influencer? We hope to inspire you to share your voice with the world. And now, your host, Jeremy Siegel. And there we go. That is the intro. So I feel like we're heading into a superhero movie at that point. Uh, uh, Eric, yeah, it, was, it was very out of character when I first heard it and showed it to some people. They're like, oh, wow. Eric, what were your thoughts on the intro? I like the intro. I the the produced intro kind of surprised me as we led into it. We started with a nice short clip at the beginning. I'm glad it wasn't too long. It just kind of teased me to what the interview was going to be about. And then Jeremy comes in and gives kind of the, hey, I'm Jeremy. Here's the here's what the show's all about. Here's what we're going to do on today's show. And I thought, oh, OK, kind of a cold open. And then the uh, produced open hits. And I thought, well, that was that was unique. It was it was pretty cool because Jeremy didn't spend you didn't spend a whole lot of time at the beginning doing a lot of housekeeping. You're like, here's what today's show is all about. And we're going to get into it. And then, bang, you hit me with the produced open. I like the. uh the intro before the show opened because it really it really hooks the listener early. I've been doing a lot of research lately on how to get to the meat of the matter quicker. And I think you do it here rather than playing 30 seconds of a show open that we hear every week and then telling me what I'm going to get on this show. You come on, bang, you hit it. You hit me with it in about 20 seconds and then you get into the show open. And I thought it felt good. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I either way, I had two ways that I, I thought, hmm, because when you did the clip, I really was expecting usually every time I hear a clip, it's, you know, blah, 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 inspirational word. Who? Wait, what did he say? And then intro music. So when you came on, I was like, oh, well, that's a different twist. There's no intro music. And then about that time, the intro music came out and hit me in the head. So I don't know if it's just because we're used to hearing what we always hear. I would I, like it's it's perfect the way it is. It's fine. There's no I, and this is like Dave's nitpicking. I just expected the music and then the intro to the guest and then going to the guest. But it's it's like I thought it was great. I thought I had a nice flow. And like Eric said, you kind of got to it right to the point. And before you know what we're talking to your guest, which I was like, well, that's really one of the best things ever is is getting to the meat and potatoes, especially now with Google is now indexing podcast episodes. So there may be people that just find you out of nowhere, hit play. And if you start talking about your French toast recipe, they're out. So, you know, I kind of think that's why I like the order that you have it in, Jeremy, is because we expect it to be the other way. And it was unique. Mm. And you, and you, it would have been out of place had you spent two minutes saying, today we're going to talk to this guy and here's what he's all about and here's his background. And you're giving me all the the what's it's on him 
and wasting two minutes and then go, oh, oh by the way, now let's play the show open. I would have thought, well, we're, we're three minutes into the show. Why are we playing the show open now? But right. you didn't. I mean, you hit it. You did it quick. And then you hit the show open. And the momentum felt really good. Yeah. That's why I liked it in the order that it was. Nice. Yeah, it was a nice flow. I want to ask, because your first question out of the gate was this one. All right, Joe, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Before we jump into your why, I'd like to ask a few questions about your background so our audience can learn a little bit more about you. Sure, definitely. Go ahead. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal background and what you did before starting your social media influence? And Eric, maybe you can chime in. I've never, for me, for this as an opening question, I, I forget there's some sort of bumper sticker phrase on this, like, they don't care <laughs> about you until they give you some value. So for mm-hmm. me, when this guy starts talking about, and I guess I thought about this, like, what if he said, well, my mom was killed in a car wreck. My dad was a heroin addict and I was homeless. That's still a really interesting story, but it, it's like, that's not really, I like, I would, for me, I would rather go hear about his cars and how he got into cars. And then now I'm like, wow, this guy, like how many gazillions of listeners then made me do the whole, like, well, wow, you've had all this great success. Like, what was it like growing up where you were at? Is that a better place for it? Because for me, when people do this, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know this person. I don't really care where you, you know, he grew up in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. If we want to, if we want to catch somebody's uh, attention quickly, let's start with one of the best questions we have, and then we can get into his background later, but let's start with his superpower and figure out, you know, exactly why I should care what this guy has to say. You know, the fact that what he did before, before his influence is kind of, irrelevant right yet because i don't know what his power was power of influence is quite yet you know i haven't bought into him yet before we get into what his background happens to be yeah and sometimes i think the better question is like his his thing is cars and youtube when did you know you were going to be a youtuber when did you know you were into cars i listened to a podcast yesterday and somebody asked him like tell us a little bit about yourself and this guy went into like just his whole <laughs> life history and he was the owner of a company about search engine optimization. And it was basically a Google analytics competitor. And I'm just waiting to hear, cause the show is about like web tools. And I'm like, well, I want to hear how this is different than Google analytics. And like six minutes later, we're still not to talking software yet. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So that was just something that again, wasn't a huge, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to tune out. But I was just kind of always curious what it, what is the inspiration now that now that I've pooped all over it? What is the inspiration of that question? I mean, for me, I guess I was just trying to make it along the timeline, but it has been something I've been struggling with. You know, in the back of my head, is just I felt like the the beginning was it was a little bit weak on most episodes, and I, I didn't really I wasn't able to articulate or pinpoint what that was. And so I think that your advice here is is perfect. It's it's I didn't. I don't need to jump into the background and get the story. I need to get some real content, get the people to care about his backstory and how it applies to, you know, what it is that we're talking about. So I think that um, I'll, I'll make some changes to that. Yeah. As humans and uh, especially as males, we tend to think chronologically step a, then step B and then step C. And we think that when we tell that story, it has to start uh, at the very beginning and go chronologically. But, this question was solid. Like let's figure out what he did before he became a social influencer. But to Dave's point, if we start right out of the box and say, Hey, Jeremy, thanks for being here. At what point did you realize you really had influence in the social space? And then you tell me a story about a time when you were out in public and guys came up to you because they 
followed you online for the past 18 months and consume everything you did. Now I'm going, holy crud, like Jeremy's got some juice. And you go, right. great. Okay, before you were the superhero in the influence space, what'd you do prior to that? Now we can go back and start at the beginning. But you've made me care because now I believe in what you have to say. Yeah. And, and there are actually some really, there's some, uh, it, it's kind of weird that we're starting off with this little thing. The rest of the podcast, you had great stories in here. When you started asking him about some of like his strategy of building his channel and the way that he personally gets involved and, and engages with his, like, it was just like, yep, that's gold. That's gold. That's gold. Like if mm-hmm. I'm a person that wants to be an influencer, he was like, here, step one, do this step. I mean, it was really actionable things that it's the kind of podcast that I don't think I could listen to in the car. Cause I'd want to like stop and take notes, which is really, <laughs> really good. So yeah, here's a, a quick spoiler alert. As we go through this episode, I love your questions. The only thing I'm going to do in this entire episode is help you clean the question up. Yeah. Because I appreciate I, that. there's your questions rock. Yeah. Um, I just want to help you reframe them a little bit in the way that you ask them, because that's really all I have to offer you today. Yeah. Cause this was a solid interview. I've got yeah, a great, I've got a great example of that. Here's one uh, for you, Eric. I'll, I'll softball this up for you. Yeah. Well, this is a question I like to ask, and it sounds like you know you made a comment earlier about how you had some influence when you were a school teacher. But do you consider yourself as someone with influence, like who you are today? Definitely, I have seen that now. How this whole influencing works. So, so great question. The two things I love about this question: one, do you consider yourself an influencer? That's awesome. Like we know you are, but. Do you still have that little voice inside your head that with that self-doubt? So I love that part of the question. The other part of the question I love is the fact that he was a school teacher, you know, teaching social studies before he got into being a, a social influencer. Love those two parts. The part about the question I didn't like was you start off with, this is a question I like to ask, mm-hmm. which basically sends a signal to your guest. You're nothing special. I'm asking you the same questions I ask everybody else. So. When people, it, it drives me up a wall when, and it's not only you, a lot of people do that. We always ask our guests this, well, why am I just like everybody else? Why am I just getting the same, same sheet of questions you ask everybody else? Why isn't my interview unique? So even if you do ask that question of everybody else, don't tell everybody you do it. Just ask the question. Don't signal that this, this interview is just like every other interview. Just hit him with the question. Your question was solid. You watered it down with that statement at the beginning of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, right. great, great feedback. But he had great stories about when he was a teacher and walking in and getting tips from his students. On- <laughs> that, that was awesome. You got him to tell some great stories. Yeah. And the thing I liked about it is when he was telling a story, you just kind of kept out of his way and just let him tell. And Eric had mentioned earlier about how he had a story about how he started to interact with his listeners, or in this case, his viewers. He's got a YouTube video. And this was, I thought, just a, a great story. And again, you, you just kept out of the way and, and let him tell his story. Out of the blue, he contacted me and he had told me that his father had passed away recently. And he wanted to thank me because it was my daily car reviews that I would upload each and every day that would give him something to look forward to even though he was going through this terrible grieving process 
of his father passing away. And, and that just hit me like a ton of bricks wow. that I never thought in a million years, you know, me talking about cars would help somebody through a loss of a father. So that was definitely one of the big ones. And and I like that story for a couple of reasons. It really, for me, really ties in with your goal, which is to show people that who think, who would ever listen to me? You know, how am I ever going to be like, look, this guy just, he's talking about cars, never expected it to do anything. And this guy, yeah, you helped me go through the grieving process after losing my father. So I, I just thought that was a great story. It was touching. It pulls on your emotional strings because you feel for the poor guy that lost his dad. And uh, I just thought that was a, a great story and a great, it, it just tied into the whole thing. Yeah, and that's that's actually really common with with my guests. I mean, even with you guys, I'm sure that you guys are you know influencers in your in your field. You know, I I call them unintended consequences. So it's the things that happen that you don't know that are happening, and there's so much back there that that, that that's going on. Like even at podcast movement, one of the guys I was talking to, I found out he just got his first MC event, and the reason he decided to become an event MC was because he saw someone who was a guest on my show. And so then, you know, I heard that story and then I texted the guy who was a guest on my show and I said, Hey, you know, here's an, here's a story for you. And like this guy just booked his first event because he's inspired by you. And I think there's so much that goes up behind the scenes. And so I, I agree that it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. You got him to tell a great story with that. And, and a lot of times we have those encounters and, and even though the encounter is similar, each of our individual experiences are a little different. And the way you got him to tell that story, you know, here he is talking about cars and he influences a guy like that. It was a great question, which got him to tell a great story and and made it compelling content that would be unique from any other interview he's done. Absolutely. Here is another question that we're going to clean up a little bit. It's a great, again, it's a great question. So when did you become an influencer in your eyes? Was there a moment that you were just like, oh man, like something just changed and now I realize that I've got influence? Was there any moment like that for you? Okay, on this one here, great question. But then after you asked the question, you tried to frame it a couple different times and and the question just kept going on. If you need to frame a question, frame it and then ask it. If you're going to ask it, ask it and then stop and let him answer the question. And and it takes a little practice to do that. You kind of have to think through the question in your head and just remind yourself, I need to frame it first and then I need to ask it. So if you're going to ask him, when did you realize you were an influencer? Frame it at the beginning and say, you know, you've been going through this. You've been touching people. You you have your YouTube channel. You have your podcast. You're doing public speaking. And, uh, you know, now people are coming up to you and and telling you these amazing stories about they're grieving and you're helping them through it. At what point in time did you realize you were an influencer? Yeah, so we, we frame it and then we ask it. Yeah. It, what gets me, I think how this usually comes about is you've asked a really good question and the person needs to think about it. So if I ask Eric, you know, what's the hardest part of being a program director mm-hmm. and he's got to think about it. And I go, is it working with the talent? Is it finding sponsors? Is it? So now it's multiple choice. And we get afraid of the silence. Yeah. And just because you can always cut it out, but it's like, he's got to think about it. And we're like, oh, he needs help. I have to help him. And I'm like, no, because <laughs> the longer you let that silence go on, the better the answer is waiting for you on the other side of that thought, because they're really thinking about it. And it creates some great anticipation for your listeners because they're like, what happened? It's silent. What yeah. What's he going to say? And they're kind of 
they start getting on the edge of their seat, wondering what this great answer is going to be. So this one, I'm dying to know, I'm going to play this question because both Eric and I said the same thing. (laughs) Like, did he know the answer to this? What I loved about this without you, you didn't take it to the lightning round. What I mean by that is I hear so many people are like, they have different segments in their show. And in your case, you're kind of going through a story but you didn't announce that you're transitioning. And this question was just a great, like, Hey, we've kind of milked all, all we can out of the high school years. We've talked about being an influencer. And then you said this, what's your career look like today? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. I actually, as of this month, I just retired from 18 years of teaching. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Because of the creation of Rady's rides, I've now been able to focus all my attention and time towards it and make a living doing this instead of teaching. So we're dying to know, did you know that answer before you asked the question? I did not. I got caught off guard on that one. Like I've tried to bring people on the show that are full-time influencers or people that, you know, are at least on the verge of going full-time or people that have been through the struggle themselves. So they, they have that wisdom that comes with influencing the amount of work that comes with it. So like I knew that he was committed to it, uh, but I, I didn't know that he had just left his job. I, I was cut off guard in that. That was a home run question. To me, it, being an interviewer, I thought, okay, he knew the answer and he's just lobbing the softball yeah. and let the guy take it out <laughs> of the park. Because this is kind of the, the culmination of the interview, right? I'm teaching social studies to a bunch of seventh graders and you know I'm trying to be an online influencer and these kids know more about YouTube than I do. And, and now I'm going on and all of a sudden you're like, what does your career look like today? I just quit. Like it's the dream of every influencer, right? Like get right. enough influence to like leave the eight to five. And now I'm doing it all my, I'm doing it full time. And it's, and it was just such an inspirational answer and a fantastic question. And the best thing about it is you ask the question and you stop talking and he answered it. And it, it was, this was the pivotal point in the entire interview. Loved it. Yeah. I was actually, I was listening to this walking around my house. I usually listen to it like two or three times. And I remember the first time I listened to was walking around my house and I was in my kitchen and he goes, yeah, I just quit. And I was like, Whoa, that, that, (laughs) and that's when I went, he had to know that. Cause that was just like, it was just such a great transition. And we're like, and it's like, wow, now this guy's now I want it. This is where I say now, if you'd asked him like, well, tell us about your growing up. Now I'm like, Whoa, this guy, now I know to the end of the story, the story gets even better when I found out that he lived in a van down by the river or whatever's going on. (laughs) Um, so that was really great. Here is yet another question. Great question. We're just going to clean it up a little bit. So you're creating daily content. I mean, that's a lot of work for, for doing that a year and a half. Have you ever struggled with motivation? And if so, can you share an example of a time that you struggled and how you pushed through it? So Aaron? so with, with this particular question, I loved how you set it up. You know, you're creating daily content. That's got to be a drain. But then you go into, have you ever struggled with motivation? And if so, can you give us an example? Let's let's eliminate the yes, no question at the beginning and just assume he's just like all the rest of us. And, you know, you get writer's block and you get to that point where you just don't feel like going in the studio and knocking it out. And so he he does fight with motivation. Let's just assume that and start the question there. So you say, instead of saying, do you yes or no? And if so, give me an example. You roll into it and you say, you know, you're knocking out this content on a daily basis. Tell me about a time when you really struggled with motivation trying to crank it all out like that. And then he goes, oh, you know what? There was this time and he 
he talks about a point in time where he struggled with that motivation. If he comes back and he goes, oh, no, this is easy. I don't I don't struggle with it at all. Well, then just go back and edit it out. Just take the question out. But yeah. assume that he has done it and frame the question in that way. You'll get a much stronger answer from him. Because we all do. That's the beauty. And that's why I really like this question. One of the things I like to hear people do is ask the question that your audience would ask. And I don't know a single person who has been doing it a while that says, like, how do you like, where do you get your ideas from or whatever it is? So there's always a time where we're kind of like, I've already talked about that. I've already, um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about this week. So I love the fact you were asking the question that your audience needs an answer to. Uh, So it was a great question. And when I saw Eric's notes, I'm like, that's a really good point. It's a nice way of just kind of cleaning it up and getting the most out of that. The other thing, I think this is the teacher in me as we went through the, uh, the episode when, once you got done, there was uh, one thing that, that Eric caught that I didn't take a clip of. You said, thank you guys. And so Eric, I'll let you chime in on why that's somewhat of a no, no. It's always much more powerful when you're speaking to somebody one-on-one and you know, when somebody's listening to your podcast in their earbuds or their headphones or driving in their car by themselves, it's just you and them. It's a one-on-one sort of conversation. And so at the end, when you say, Hey, I want to thank you for listening. I feel like you're talking just to me. If I say, Hey, thanks guys for listening. I go, guys, I, I'm like, I'm the only one here who are we talking to. It's, it's group speak and group speak is not nearly as powerful as having that conversation one-on-one as if you were talking to somebody on the phone. So just a little way to clean that up and, and uh, make your content a little more powerful. Talk to each listener as they're, if they're listening by themselves to you and you're having that one-on-one conversation with them or they're eavesdropping. They're the third person in your interview. So if I'm interviewing Dave and I say, you know, Dave, what's the thing? And I say, Hey, if you want to find Dave's book, all you got to do is go over to Dave's website at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can get it right there. So you're just the third person in, in the conversation between me and Dave. So you're that, that person eavesdropping. And I don't go, Hey guys, if all you guys want to go buy Dave's book, go over there. And you're like, well, then he's not really talking to me. He's kind of talking to this fictitious group that doesn't really exist. Yeah. And then I get the the comment a lot when I meet people that listen to my show, they're like, I, I always feel like you're talking to me to which yeah. I say I am. And, but it's always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this useful. It's not the, Hey, you guys. And we kind of get that from radio. You know, those are the guys, you know, binky in the whiz in the morning. Hey everybody, what's going on? And it's like, <laughs> you know, so I understand where we get it from, but uh, this is a, a different model, but the, I think it's the teacher in me because teachers love to tell you what you're going to tell them. Then we tell you, and then we tell you what we just told you. And so you did a really nice recap. In fact, you did a, quite a, a extensive one, but here's just a quick clip. He was a race car driver after graduating college to give that a shot. And then the markets turned. He had to put his helmet up and get a career as a teacher where he loved his career, didn't plan on changing anything. And then he was able to shift into getting back into cars. And now he's being surrounded by race car drivers. And, you know, who knows, maybe a year from now or two years from now, he's going to be back in the racing seat and driving. We'll have to bring him back on the show and find out where he's going and where he's headed and get some updates from him. But it's a pretty inspirational story, I would say. The, and so here we go. We've got we've got chocolate covered goodness with whipped cream on top. It's a nice recap because sometimes people don't realize the value you just gave them because they're listening to it going, wow, wow, wow. But then when you kind of recap, they're like, wow, that guy really had a great, amazing story. 
The only thing, and again, this I'm, I'm really nitpicking here. I would have loved to have heard, like, you know, he did all this stuff. The thing that really blew me away was blah, blah. Like, out of all the stuff we just learned, which one was your favorite, the one that really stuck out to you? Because that way we get to know, we just learned about the guest. Now I get a little glimpse into you if you could say, you know, the thing that really got me was, you know, whatever. Because you did a recap, which is kind of, again, it was great. I loved it. I just, for me... I always like to explain to people, like I always explain, I can read somebody's resume. I could say, hey, today we're talking with Eric K. Johnson. He's got 30 years in radio. He's been doing this. He's doing that. But the reason I'm bringing him on is because he makes me think every time I listen to his podcast. It just adds that little bit of insight into why I'm excited about this. Or in your case, this is why I really like the interview. And it's, again, I'm, I'm really nitpicking, but it's just a little thing you can do that just gives a little glimpse into you because the audience as much as they like the guest they really came here for for you yeah i love the cliff notes version of the recap there at the end but as as listeners get to know you and create the relationship with you if we find out what you value and what you enjoy out of the interview um you know your favorite nugget or, or your one big takeaway that kind of starts to let us get to to know who you are and what makes you tick so just a, a little way to make the content a little bit stronger i love the recap at the at the end, that was that was uh, a nice way to wrap it up. And you can also, if you're trying to get feedback from people, you could even say, you know, my favorite part of the interview was was such and such. What was your favorite part of the interview? And you might have somebody say, you know, I, I know you liked the one thing. I thought the thing or the guy said such and such was the best. And that way you kind of get to know what resonates with your audience. You might not get anybody that answers that question, but it's, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. So, yeah, I know Michael... Yeah, my- Go ahead. That might be a, a nice little conversation starter on Facebook. If you're uncomfortable, you know, sharing who you are and what you're all about on Facebook and social media, that might be a nice way to say, hey, guys, you know, the, the latest episodes published here it is. You know, my favorite part of it is when he says X, give it a listen and let me know what you love about it. And then people then you can start that conversation on there and it gives you something to center the conversation around rather than, you know, here's a photo of me on vacation. <laughs> And then the other thing I thought you did really good is, you know, you'd gone through kind of his story, his teacher, blah, 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 quits his job. You did your recap kind of like about the time I was like, I wonder where Jeremy's going to go with this. You tapped out. You're like, all right, that's his story. Hope you liked it. Did the recap. And then this is how you ended the show. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode in its entirety. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hope that you take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. If you liked the episode, please go to iTunes and uh, leave us a review. And if you'd like to learn more about Joe Rady, I've got all the links on the episode and show notes in our website. So if you just go to whyinfluence.com, whyinfluence.com, you go to this episode, episode eight. And you'll see all the information for Joe Rady, all the links to his social medias. You can follow him on all of them. And then the link to his website, if you want to buy some apparel or some shirts or see what else is going on, maybe subscribe to his email list. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Everyone dance. (laughs) Music for the sake of nothing. It's my pet peeve. What I would do with this is I would take that music and put it, let me stop that. I would put that under your thank you so much. I put that under, and then when it gets to the final crescendo, but otherwise at this point you're done. And I'm like, 
all right, is this is this an ESPN show or what am I listening to now? Because the music comes on. Dave, that's when the credits were rolling. You just couldn't see <laughs> <I> them. Couldn't see. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's when I heard that music roll, I go, Oh, here comes Dave <laughs> with the music at the end of the show. Yeah, that that is a pet peeve of mine. Uh yeah, now the good news. That's like my 17 calls to action. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, here we go again. But this was great. So your call to action was perfect. Hey, subscribe and review. And if you want the link, start the website. So there were three there. I might recommend you combine them all and just say, hey, if you want to subscribe or you want to review the show or if you want any of the links, I have all of it over at the website. Go over there. You can get links to subscribe. You can get links to review. You can find links to the show notes and all of it's on the website. So there's really only one call to action and that's sending them to the website. Yeah. But the, the bigger problem that I have is you say the, your goal with the show is to get people to share it, to get people to be inspired and to get people to interact with you. Like if you, if you are receiving some feedback and interaction from the audience, that's how you're going to determine the show's success. And to me, that needs to be your call to action. Like if that, if you're, you know, when I, when we ask you, how do you, how do you want your audience to react? You want them to be inspired and what do you want them to do? You want them to interact with you and you want them to share the podcast. Well, let's make that a call to action then. Hey, if you want to get involved with the discussion or you want to share this with a friend, head on over to website slash 007. You can find all the information right there. I'd love to have the conversation with you and find out how this might inspire you. And so we start the conversation. If, if that's truly your goal with the show is to create conversation and inspire people, let's make that the call to action. Getting a review on the show isn't really going to do much for you in terms of your goal. And it's really not going to do much for you anyway. The show is going to spread by word of mouth. That's the number one way people find podcasts far and away above any other way people discover podcasts. It's either I heard it, heard a friend talk about it. I heard it mentioned on another podcast. I saw it mentioned on social media. Those are the three big ways that people find out about new shows. So if you get people to talk about your show or to have a conversation with you, you're going to get your show to spread a lot faster than getting a review over on Apple Podcasts. Great advice. Yeah, I'll definitely make that change to the call to action because you're, you're right. I mean, we talked about what's, what's, what success looks like for me and it's the interaction with the audience and um, I need to focus on yeah. that. Get them in that conversation because, you know, you're passionate about what you're talking about. That comes through clearly in the interview. Let's continue the conversation over on Facebook or, or wherever, whatever your, your uh, platform of preference is. And what we're going to do now is we're going to take a peek at your website. If you're listening to the audio version of this, we do have a video version on our website and what we're looking at again is whyinfluence.com. And who's doing all the cartoon stuff is my first question. Uh, I got somebody on Fiverr who's helping wow. me with that. Yeah, I, I really liked the website just because, especially if I click here on the screen, I'm clicking on podcast at the top. And this then shows all the album art from all your different episodes. And all of your guests have been done in a cartoon format. They all have the exact same layout with the episode number on it. And I just was like, it's just one of those where like, wow, this wasn't just thrown together. Or if it was, it was thrown together really, really well. You you have, even with all the buttons, it I, for me, Eric, did you think at all this was cluttered? I didn't. It just I think because of the format of the album art, 
that shows we've put some thought into this. I, I didn't get the fact of like, oh, there's there's not enough white space or anything like that. I just thought everything looked cool. What were your thoughts? I did not think it looked cluttered at all yeah. because it looks so uniform. You know, every album art is the the exact same size, the description underneath, the exact same size. And on the right-hand side are links to every platform to listen to it on, whether that's Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or any of them over there. They're all formatted exactly the same. So your your Apple Podcast logo isn't twice the size of the Stitcher logo, which is flat and wide, and the iHeartRadio logo is round and it, they're all identical and it looks beautiful. You, your layout on this website is fantastic. Super easy to find everything I'm looking for. The only thing I was missing was a way to contact you just outright. Like if I wanted to send you an email and say, Hey, I love the show. I didn't find that on here. I found how to become a guest on your show. Yeah. And I found out how to book you on my show but I didn't find a way to just say, Hey, Jeremy, I love the show. Keep it up. It's kind of hiding. It's over here on the right hand side. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where, see this little green thing over here. So when you go to the website, if I click on this contact (laughs) and then a form pops up with this night, but yeah, that's actually when you said that I was like, Hey, you know what? That's right. There is no, usually people have a contact us or contact at the top of the screen and you have a really nice menu at the top. You've got podcast, be a guest, suggest a guest, book you and then your story which is really just a link to your first episode which explains your story but yeah i don't know if there's enough room to squeeze in a contact over here and sometimes it's nice to have that in two spots because so in in the my story could be an about tab which could also Mm. which could have my story and contact underneath it Mm -hmm. the reason i didn't notice the green thing over on the right is because it looks like a speak pipe tab yeah and i've been conditioned to ignore that (laughs) because i never use the speak pipe tab on anybody's i'm like oh it's in the way again and i kind of navigate around it i didn't even read the fact that i could use it as a contact tab Mm. yeah yeah I will just pick, I forget, I forget already who we listened to. I know it was the guy with the cars things, but I'll just pick uh, here because he's in the chat room. Uh, we'll, we'll click on the episode here for uh, Mark Deal. And I love the fact that, again, hey, Mark. It's, it's got a, yeah, he says over here, I'll put this on the screen. Uh, he says, hey, it's the Jeremy. So uh, hey, that's Mark. a nice radio voice. You yeah. got there, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. But he, you've got all his contact information here. All his links are on the left-hand side for Mark. You've got that universal album art. You've got the link here. If you wanted to, it kind of, you know, it does match. This screen is the same as this screen. I was going to say, because you could customize that if you want. If you wanted to, this is, this is again, Dave go putting on his nitpicking uh, lips and hat. Oh, you actually already have them. Good. There you go. Bonus points for Jeremy. And that is he's filled out his lips and show settings, which has yet more subscribe buttons. If the ones on the side weren't enough. So, <laughs> everything's great because we said we want people to subscribe and share. And when you go to the episode page, you've got all the buttons right there to, to share and subscribe and any show notes and you've got all the links. And so I just thought everything was really well done. Uh, I've never heard of the theme you're using. It's something like shark, something that's uh, a fairly lightweight theme. And I was, I thought that was cool. Oh, I forgot this one note. Oh, this is the other thing. I think Eric mentioned this, got pictures of JLD and Pat Flynn on the, uh, on the front page. Great social proof. Yeah. And then the other thing I you might consider, Google Play Music is kind of, at least with podcasting, yeah. is kind of dead app walking. The app may stick around, but the podcasting thing, everything I hear, the more they are uh, promoting Google Podcasts, which is different than Google Play Music, you might want to swap that out for a Google Podcasts. 
button just because uh, number one, Google Play Music is only available in North America. So anybody that's not in Canada or the U.S. or that's kind of a, a worthless button. And 80% of Europe is on an Android phone. So that's really the only thing. When I looked at the website, I was like, wow, everything looks great. You've got great useful links. You've got a resource page. You've got a Patreon thing uh, here at the bottom and a Discord community. I was like, wow, that's that's a great tool for you because, again, you want to keep the conversation going. You might want to throw that in, you know, like Eric was saying, when you have things on your website, you could say, hey, sign up for my newsletter, come and let's talk about this episode in the Discord thing and kind of say your website. It's it's at whyinfluence.com. And then we've got this, this, that, and that, and that. It's all there, one place, whyinfluence.com. That's a great way to kind of take multiple calls to action and bookend them so it sounds like one. Because I know a Discord community is a little bit like a Facebook community. It sounds like a great idea, but it takes a lot of work. And if nobody knows it exists, they're going to, you're going to have to be sure to tell them. But all in all, I just, I, I was just, just the whole, I don't know, vibe of the website. It just looked like, wow. Okay. Somebody, this is not somebody creating a website with, you know, Microsoft paint. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I thought the website looked really, really good. One recommendation I would have for you is to give me a reason to join the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know anybody waking up going, man, I wish I got another newsletter in my inbox, but give me a reason to to join it. What, what do I get? Is there a lead magnet associated that you might be able to give me? Or do you email out content once a week of, of something like an influencer tip or something? I don't know. Give me something other than just join the newsletter. Join the newsletter doesn't really entice many people to put their name in the box. So find, find a benefit for joining the newsletter. Yeah. And it might even be something now that you have a few interviews in the can, see if there are any common themes or common, you know, and you could you know, like, here's a download now to get the top eight things that influencers, yada, 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 whatever it is, the top eight tools of influencers or the top characteristics of a influence, whatever it is, because your audience is here to learn about influencers. So it's something that uh, Eric has a great episode on lead magnets. They're, they're short, they're quick. They usually solve one problem. You know, they're really not that hard to make. I know I have one for a podcast gear guide, that, you know, when people are like, I don't know what to buy here, one page, buy this stuff, that whole nine yards. But other than that, it's uh, it's a great website. And uh, again, if you want to check it out, oh, I, I thought the other thing you did that was good is you spell it because you said whyinfluence.com, W-H-Y. Uh, if you have the budget, I didn't even think about somebody like just putting Y, like the letter Y influence. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. I, say, right. I, I have to spell listener because people type it wrong in my coupon box. I'm like, oh. You gotta be kidding me. Um, but as we kind of wrap things up, I'm with Eric. There wasn't a whole lot to clean up here. Just a little bit of here and there. I really like the fact. Oh, I did have one question. Was this recorded over the phone or over Zoom? Uh, these were all other than the one I posted today, which is the first one I've ever done live. Uh, they've all been over Zoom. Okay. Because th- it wasn't bad audio. I just, it sounded, I don't know what the guy was using, but it was like for a YouTuber, I kind of thought his audio was meh, like not again, not horrible, but I was just like, when he first came on, I'm like, is this a phone? And I'm like, no, it sounds, sounds better than the phone, but just kind of muffled. And I thought maybe it was zoom or something like that. And again, it wasn't horrible, definitely enlistable, wasn't distracting. I just was like, for a guy that has a microphone on YouTube, I just thought it might sound (laughs) pinch better, but maybe not. So Eric, what are your final thoughts on uh, why influence? 
I thought it was great. It was a great show. I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. The momentum kept moving forward. The questions were solid. I felt like every question kind of moved his story forward and provided me a little more inspiration. And overall, it was great. Like I like I said at the beginning, it was just a matter of cleaning up your questions a little bit. I thought the questions themselves were great. Just the way you frame them and ask them could be tweaked a little bit to to make them a little more impactful. But otherwise, I thought I thought it was solid. Yeah, I guess that's one last question for me, because it does. I'm, I'm with Eric. I thought the flow was just like, like I said, we went from that. And when he, you asked him about his career, I was like, wow, that was great. And about the time we got everything we could out of the story, you're like, all right, and we're done. Here's the recap and we're out. And I thought that was just great. It wasn't because there are times when people, you're, it becomes like a bad Saturday Night Live skit. We were kind of like, all right, we've, we got it in there asking more questions. How much editing did you do to this? Were, was there anything that you cut out or was this pretty much what we hear is what happened? Um, I mean, that's pretty much the flow. It's not like I edited and moved things around or, uh, yeah, it was pretty much it. I mean, I cleaned up the editing just through the typical standard stuff, but you know, I didn't do anything too astronomical. Wow. Okay, good. Cause I know uh, for me, I'm usually editing more of me. I am horrible, especially if it's a (laughs) follow-up question that wasn't planned and I'm opening my mouth before I get the words in my head. So I will be like, what was it like? Like, tell me, like, was it kind of the thing? And then I'll finally get to the question. And and I that whole first bit, I'm like, and you're on the editing floor before I sound like an idiot. So, but all in all, I thought it was great. Any questions for us? I guess one that's coming to mind is, is are, are there any people in your network who you feel like would benefit from hearing this episode or an episode like this? I think anybody who's in podcasting can use use what you're talking about, especially when it comes to being an influencer, because that's kind of the goal of podcasting. You want to talk about what you what you're passionate about and you want to have some sort of authority and influence in that space. So I definitely think that the tips and tricks that you're offering can surely help anybody in the online business or podcasting space. Yeah. And for me, when he got into the strategies of growing his audience and how he engaged with his audience and he answered every email and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I could see every content creator period going, okay. And especially a brand new one. Cause I think some people just think there's a 10,000 download switch and just flip it. And it's like, no, you've got to grow that, that audience over time. And you gotta, you know, you gotta do the things. I think it's JLD that says he loves to do the things that you can't scale. So if it's answering email, every single one, and you're like, yeah, but you have, you know, a hundred emails a day. And he goes, yep. And I do that every day because it's because the the big shows, I remember when there was a podcast awards and when cereal was super duper 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 hot. And I don't know that they, they probably got nominated, but that team isn't answering emails. They're not asking their audience to vote <laughs> and all the other things because they're busy, you know, researching or whatever it is they do. So sometimes doing those little things that, the big brands can is really what separates you and what gives you that influence because your audience is getting things they can't get other places because you're giving them that personalized attention. So that to me, I was, that was the part that I was like, wow, I could really see a lot of people just going, wait a minute, I got to get a pad and paper. What was that again? What was that tool he used? (laughs) So that was the part I thought was really cool. Awesome. Well, I did. uh, Well, first of all, I want to say thanks so much for all this feedback. Um, It's even though maybe you feel like you didn't dive as deep as you do for without some people, like all the feedback you gave me is really valuable. And I'm going to make 
changes for every single one of them from flow to the podcast episode to changes to the website and everything. So that's all awesome feedback. And I appreciate that. I, I was hoping, I don't know if the technology is there to do this, but I was hoping maybe if we could look at inside Libsyn and just do a quick audit of inside the application itself. Or- uh, we could do that. I don't know that we want to do that live unless you want to show everybody your numbers. <laughs> we, I mean, uh, we can do that care. after we turn off the cameras. <laughs> yeah, after we hit stop. Yeah, numbers. I don't care. Uh, let me. Like, I don't think that there's anything in there that. No, I mean, some I've never understood it. I some people, if you ask them how many downloads you get, they ask like, you know, how long is your favorite private part? And I'm, <laughs> and, and I've never understood that because my numbers are my numbers, and if I've done everything I can. To get the numbers I can, the only time I don't want to maybe share them is if I'm trying to get a sponsor. But again, if you have a niche and that product that they have is going to meet your niche, they probably don't care that much about your downloads. They care more about your engagement with your audience. So, uh, so yeah, what can we? What are we looking for here in stats? What if I first um, I, I can click here and, and sort by release date, so I can see where you've had a couple where you've had over a hundred. Some of these are a little bit less, a little bit more. One of the things you can do is what I like to do is let's look at something from wait, how many? Oh, these, this is probably your launch in June or how often do you put on an episode? Uh, I ramped up pretty quick and then now I'm at one a week right now. Okay. Uh, but I, I launched about two months ago. Right. So if I look at, it's kind of weird because the first one is probably the one that everybody downloaded when you did your big launch. So that's why this one's double that. But what I like to do is look at, I'll just pick this one. It's kind of in the middle is I like to go in here and say this was released on the 20th of June. Uh, so I'm going to say, look, show me June 20th through June 27th. Now, the reason I do that is because that gives me a week. And for me, you're mega fans, you're, you're subscribers, things like that. And I can see you had 15 of these. Now, again, you're just starting off. This is your first month. Not too shabby. And that's in June. Now, if I go back to here and say, well, let's compare that to one in at the beginning here of August. So the first one was 15. Now I'm going to go back. This was released on August 6th. So I'm going to say, all right, show me August 6th through August 13th. And the last time we had 15 and now you're up to 85. That is awesome. So it's, it's the number of downloads and we could dig in deeper and see how many, these are all your feed, but your audience is definitely growing. One thing that I always like to point out to people, and I'm not saying the monthly stats are worthless, but if I go here to, let me go back to, this was, uh, let's, let's um, expand this out to today, because this is, uh, this is the 20th. Okay, so we'll add a couple more days here, is if I look at my daily stats, now it's always going to be this, you always get this big, giant spike, and then it comes down here, but you can see here, like, what was going on on the 12th? We had a little bit of a, an uptick here. You can click on this little ball and unless you're sharing your screen, what's going on? Usually, here, let me do this. Like, hey, 10 people downloaded my latest episode, and then you'll see a bunch of just four, 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 four. Like, why do I have a bunch of fours for all my other episodes? That's because out of those 10 people, four of them went, give me every one of these. Like, they've you found a super fan. And then monthly stats, I always like to point out, if I go back here, now you've only got two months, but sometimes it can really put you in a panic so, yeah, so we've just got August here. That's what we're talking about. So you can see here, this was probably your latest episode. 
You've got 16 downloads of that episode. And then here's four, four, three, 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 five. That's Mark. Yeah. And those are people that are downloading your back catalog. And so what I like to point out is on your monthly stats, mine are all over the place. Like here, you, you had this and then, you know, we're halfway through August and these will go up and down. And the reason I always tell people not so much that you don't look at these and go, ah, whatever, but a lot of the numbers in a month are from episodes that weren't released that month. So if we were to look at the, the school of podcasting, 60% of my downloads in July were from episodes that weren't from July. They were from, because I still, I mean, I have a show from 14 years ago that gets like four downloads a month. It's like episode one. It's called your first, your first podcast always stinks. And that still somehow gets a download every now and then. So the one that people are really looking for the, the, not that all stats, I, I look at them all, but the the big one that you're looking for are episode stats. So this is where I usually come in. I click on episodes on the left-hand side of my lips and screen, and then I go to the release date, and I sort it by release date. So now I can see here's where I started and kind of go from there. And if you wanted to, you could actually export those. If you want to get your nerd on, you could export that as a CSV file and then throw it into Excel and make all sorts of pretty graphs and charts and just dig a little deeper. So, All right. Uh, so... As far as the content goes, you want to maybe dive into the most recent one, the one from today, the Gene Greisman. Yeah, this one at the very top. Okay, so now if I click yeah. on this little magnifying glass on the right-hand side, I'm now seeing all the same thing we just saw for the show stats, but for just this episode. So I can see that it's uh, 48 downloads total, and 46 of those are from your feed. That's pretty impressive because your feed, while it doesn't exactly equal subscribers, it's using your feed. So that's, that's, it's not the website kind of thing. We're down here under your user agents. You can see you're really popular in overcast. I don't see Apple iTunes. So that's kind of interesting. I see Apple core media, which is confusing. I don't see iTunes. So I would hmm. double check to make sure you're listed in Apple podcast. Are, are you, do you know if you are for sure? I mean, I got reviews on there. Is it, yeah, that's well, then you're in there. So, and it's kind of confusing with Apple because there are, there's Apple podcasts, there's iTunes, and then there's whatever this thing is, Apple core media, then there's iTunes stored, and then another one called iTunes. And from understand one is like a phone, one is the iPad and one is the actual desktop software. So it's a little confusing, but, uh, okay. So, so if we, uh, I'm curious on the the content side. So if we jump out of the the analytics part and Mm -hmm. go into, like the content for the episode to see where the copy is, the keywords, that kind of stuff. Can you do a quick audit on that? Oh, I see what you're saying. Go to the episode. Okay. So if I go to content, what you're looking for here is the top. Once it gets done here and there we go. The details, this top title is the title for everyone. And God bless you. You have the episode number at the end. That's my favorite. I always tell people, most people don't care what episode number it is, but it's handy. If you're going to put it, put it at the end. And that's absolutely perfect. Dave, does iTunes, Apple podcasts use any of that title information? When we talk about Apple podcasts being angry about episode numbers in your show information, where can we have it and where should we not have it? Yeah. So if you only have this, Apple will use it because, well, that's the only option you gave them. They actually don't want, like in this case, if I didn't have anything else, Apple would kind of be going a little frowny face. They're like, oh, you put an episode number in there. We don't want that. Where Apple wants it is down here in the Apple podcast area. So here you've got this 
And in theory, yeah, so you still have the episode number there. Technically, that shouldn't be there. Why? Because you've got it down here in the episode number. So in this little Apple section, you've got your title minus the episode number, and they want the episode number here. This typically is just a few sentences, and Apple has already said this is going to be de-emphasized, which is a very polite way of saying, hey, we really confused the heck out of everybody, and we're going to probably politely over time start to remove this field because people think that it's either the Apple podcast summary or your description. And to make things even more confusing, if you look at your podcast in Apple Podcasts, but not subscribe, so you're looking at the search results, you will see the Apple podcast summary. Once you subscribe and go to the library in your app, then you will see the full show notes. So it's just that easy. It's really, because I, I get that, call all the time people like hey my i'm not getting the right stuff i put in all these show notes under description and i'm only seeing this little bit from the summary and it's because they're not subscribed to their own show or they are subscribed but they're looking at search results not the the results so apple really has things slightly confusing at this point up top what does the the subtitle do i don't know if you can find it, I've asked Daniel J. Lewis, who is the king of all things minute detail. And it, I think somewhere at one point in Apple iTunes desktop software, it showed up somewhere. But at this point, we're all like, I don't know. And it's the, the fun part is there are a lot of apps that pull from the back end of Apple. So it may be showing up somewhere in like Pocket Cast or something, because I'm always like, well, if nobody's using it, why is it still here? Okay. And, but for now, I, you know, that's one of those, it's a golden ticket. If you can find out where the subtitle field is, cause I've purposely put things in there and looked and like, I'll put like, you know, drink more milk or something and then go into apps and search for it. And it's like, I don't, wherever it is, we don't know anymore. Um, so the description looks good. Yeah. The category looks right. The, yeah. What about his tags and his keywords? Yeah. So the other thing you have here are, are links, which is good. If you were trying to link to, I always say any links you mentioned in your episode, I try to put those links here. That way, if somebody's looking at it on their phone, they don't have to go to your website and then click on the links. But that in is, the description area. Yeah. In the, okay. Yeah. Because this will show up if people are subscribed. And then the keywords are great. The, this category has nothing to do with Apple Podcasts. This has to be for people that are using Libsyn as their main primary page. So they don't, okay. ha, they don't have their own thing. So, for most people, this doesn't come into play. But yeah, you have you have your keywords here, Abe, Abraham, Gene, Grysom. So that's great. Please, is there a limit to those? That's a good question. Note down here, Apple Podcasts no longer recognizes these. So this is, again, you're putting these in for the other apps, the, the Pocket Cast, the, you know, all the other ones that aren't Apple, because Apple has basically said, hey, you guys spammed this box so many times, we're not looking <laughs> at it anymore. So uh, yeah, you yeah. ruined it for everybody. Yeah, exactly. I love So the, in the uh, tags and keywords, do mm -hmm. they have to be words or can they be phrases? I believe you could put a phrase in as long as it's separated by a comma, which is what he has here. Okay, great. So you've got it pointing at your website, which is great. Uh, the other options here, just to explain them, if I say shows blog page, that can be kind of confusing because you think it's going to your blog page. That should say Libsyn podcast page because that's what it means. And then if you wanted to, you could have it if somebody clicks the link in the app it would actually download the MP3. But you, for me, I love, this is the option. I use custom URL because that way I'm directing them back to their website so that, because we always look at this and go, 
realize this isn't in the Apple area. This is still in the everybody area. So now if no matter what app they're on, they click on that. Or if it's even on a something like player.fm, that's a website that's going to direct people back to your website, which is where we want people to go. The enable comments is if you want to have people comment on your lips and podcast page, those are handled by Facebook. So the nice thing about that is you shouldn't get a, a ton of spam, but you do have to be logged into Facebook to, to see those. And the reason for that is comments are absolute hell for anyone who deals with any kind of commenting system because it's you against the trolls. So in this case, Libsyn pulled in Facebook because Facebook's already got a system to battle the trolls. So that brings us down to the Apple podcast title, which we talked about should just be your title minus the episode number. This is typically just a few sentences, but you got a couple paragraphs here and you're fine. You're under the count. And then the episode type is full. I honestly trailer, I believe if you're using seasons, will show up at the top of the season. Uh, realize tra- both trailer and bonus. Bonus, I think, just shows up. It's just, it enables you to have something that doesn't have an episode number or something weird like that. They're both a little bit of a question mark to me. Realize both trailer and bonus and the episode numbers are pretty much ignored by every other app except Apple. But Apple has 60% of the market. And then if you add up things like Overcast and Pocket Cast and all the other ones, it's actually bigger than 60. And then the author, you've done a great thing here, which is you always want your name and then comma your guest name because the author tag is one of the few that is still searched by Apple because people haven't spammed it enough. And when they did, that's one of the things that got people kicked out. They would come in here and say, you know, Dave Jackson, comma, podcast coach, comma, podcast consultant, comma, how to podcast. And Apple was like, look, that's not an author. Stop it. And they would kick people out. Same thing with the, your, the, uh, the rating box right above that is uh, marked clean. That's, yeah. that's one of the critical ones to, you should not leave that unchecked. What's the top one? Say, I can't read yeah, it. It says uh, not set. Yeah. Yes. So don't leave it. Don't, at that. Leave, don't leave it. Not set. Yeah. Always it, click it to clean. If it is in fact clean. Yeah. And if you mark it explicit, just realize that your entire show now it is one bad apple will now be removed from like India. And there's a big old list of, of countries that oh, wow. f- for me is about 3% of my audience, but, and some people are like, Oh, it's only 3%. I'm like, eh, 3% is, you never know who's in that 3%. So yeah, take the time to edit. Yeah. Just and then, so you can click clean. Yeah. And then this little gizmo update ID three tags is there are, are two ways, three ways to handle ID three tags. Well, first things first, what is an ID three tag? An ID three tag is information inside the MP3 file. And it is only used when somebody downloads your podcast to, let's say, their computer. It's no longer in a feed. It's not in an app, which means most of the time they're not used anymore. Apple Podcasts completely ignores them. Overcast will look at the artwork that you put inside the file, but most apps ignore them. They were really, really huge back in like 2006, 2007. But for whatever reason, Apple quit using them. But What if you forgot to add your ID3 tags? If you were to check this and click on publish, it would then put your title up here, your description into the ID3 tag. And then if you have artwork here, it would put that into the ID3 tag. So that's that one. When you create a new episode, if you want, and this is, it's interesting. If you've already tagged your file, you could say, take the stuff in the MP3 file pull it out and put it into the detail section, which sounds great. And it's great in a certain way, but if you wanted really long show notes, the comment section, the ID three part 
only hold so many characters, so you can't really type super show notes. But I have seen people use this where they'll, they'll forget to tag their file and they'll just do this and click on publish. I actually tag my files in a separate program called MP3 tag because I'm a control freak and it takes two seconds. And I then, when I upload it to Libsyn, I just tell it to ignore the ID3 tags because I already did it. But that's mm. that's all the little bells and whistles there. So how important are the ID3 tags? Because right now I've just been saving the audio file as a blank audio file with no nothing in it. Yeah. So all these are probably blank. Yeah. Like the, the cool thing is how important are they? Not very, but how long does it take to add them? Two seconds. So yeah, you could okay. easily just come in here, click this and hit publish because what happens again, if somebody is on your website, they download the file and they listen to it on their computer. You're going to get what I affectionately refer to as the gray music note of death on windows. If it opens up in windows media player and just where everybody else has this image shows up and yours doesn't, it just makes you look a little bit like, hmm, what's wrong with that file? But I think these days that is so, it doesn't happen a whole lot. I could be wrong. Maybe people are downloading it at work and they don't want to stay on your website. So they download the file. And again, is that a deal breaker that you don't have artwork when you hit play? No, it's more of a branding thing. But if you got the time, you know, it only takes a few minutes to to add those. That's why I add them. I'm like, oh, you never know. And it takes two seconds. So, okay. Any other questions we can can walk you through here? No, I think I think that's it. The other thing, what I was talking about earlier, since we're here, um, when I clicked on that button on his player, and all these subscribe buttons came up. That's under settings, edit show settings, and down at the very bottom, if you put these in here, some of these, not all of them, because otherwise the player would be five times its size, <laughs> will have uh, have those links on it. So. And more nice. things and more things are coming oh, in the, so the categories too. Do you maybe want to? Oh yeah. The, the categories here. Here's the thing. Pick the ones that, that fit your show the best. But Eric was talking earlier that it's Jacobs media had a report out 70% of podcasts are discovered via word of mouth. And, you know, most people just go to Apple podcast. They search for your show. I usually tell people like you have, have the subscribe buttons on their website. Cause the last thing you want to say is find me an Apple podcast <laughs> because for right. some people it's really, you know, I have another show called podcast rodeo show and because it has the word podcast and show in it. I rank against every other podcast with the word podcast in it, which means when you type in the exact name of my show, it doesn't show up. But if you search for Dave Jackson, it does. So Apple search is not great, but I would just say, pick the ones that match the best. And then from there, send people to your website to subscribe. I heard you talking about that on a recent episode about them taking away the podcast yeah. category. And so you were like, well, where am I going to put my show? Is it educational? Is it online marketing? Is it, you know, what is it? But does it really matter? Because nobody's going into online marketing going, boy, where's the podcast about podcasting? Yeah. And like I they're, they're looking it up because they heard somebody else mention it. Yeah. And I, that, Report said about, I think it was either 10 or 11% are people that are scrolling through the app and going, let's see what's in health and fitness. But most people are, are just, I'm finding it out. I listen to a podcast today because I heard about it on another podcast. So that's, that really is a big chunk because what that is, it's a stamp of approval. If it's somebody that you know, like, and trust, and they say, oh, I yep. listened to this show, you should hear it. And so that's not, it's not, like an endorsement for your show. Yeah. And I hear that over and, and over and over. So, that's why I always try to, when people say, how do I grow my audience? The first thing I say is 
put subscribe buttons on your website and quit telling people to go to Apple because, you know, and Spotify for that matter, because we're, we're at 700 and some thousand podcasts. And I just saw an article where I think Todd Cochran said, like, there's 250,000 that are active. That means there's 500,000 that are just trashing up the joint. So <laughs> it's uh thank you. Somebody Andy. needs to come in and clean it up. Yeah. And it's hard because there are shows like Serial that haven't put out an episode in years, but it wasn't supposed to be an ongoing thing. So how do but you it probably get a million downloads yeah. still? Yeah, there needs to be something like if you haven't had a download in 12 months because it's, you know, the big gym show with Carol <laughs> from 2009 on Anchor. You know, it's like I love that show. <laughs> it's the a, big Jim and Carol show yeah. <laughs> straight out of Akron. Yeah. <laughs> that's it so anything else we can help you with um nothing else is coming to mind i think i got a ton of value from going through this and uh i appreciate all the feedback that you gave me and i i like that you dove in and looked at libsyn and audited that for me so We're, we're here to help so if you ever run into anything and you need us to you know if something pops into your head as you're eating your cereal in the morning just shoot us an email we'll be more than happy to help you out awesome And let me click this button because we went. There we go. Um, (laughs) If you would like to have your show, Jeremy's got the uh, actually we have another show in the queue. It is called championsmojo.com will be the next episode of the podcast review show. And if you would like to get your show reviewed, Jeremy did not cry, which is great. We (laughs) haven't made anybody cry yet. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get great insights into your show. And uh, just go out to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can find Jeremy at uh, whyinfluence.com. Eric, where can people find you? Find me over at podcasttalentcoach.com. All my resources right there for you. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? Go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.